This is Mark Giskowitz, Editor-at-Large for MMM, and welcome to the MMM Podcast for the week of October 4, 2021. On June 23rd of this year, GlaxoSmithKline announced plans to spin off its consumer healthcare division into a separately listed company. The separation is expected to be completed by mid-2022. GSK Consumer Healthcare has been operating as a combined business since a 2019 joint venture was formed between GSK Consumer and Pfizer. The joint venture was formed to create a world-leading consumer healthcare business with robust iconic brands, including GSK's Sensodyne, Voltaren, Panadol, and Pfizer's Advil, Centrum, and Caltrade. As the unit gets ready to split, GSK Consumer Healthcare had already been working on setting the purpose for its brands, but the pandemic only gave the marketing more urgency. This week on the podcast, how GSK Consumer Healthcare is focusing on its purpose as it gets ready to split. And here to talk about that is GSK Consumer Healthcare's Global Chief Marketing Officer, Tamara Rogers. Tamara, how are you? I'm really well, Mark. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, we'll get back to the interview with Tamara in a second, but first some housekeeping items. Join us live or in person the evening of October 7. The choice is yours for the venerable MMM Awards ceremony taking place downtown at a traditional venue, Cipriani Wall Street. We have an amazing evening in store. Register for that one online at mmm-awards.com. Okay, back to my chat with Tamara Rogers. Uh, you know, Tamara, you spent 25 years with Unilever before moving to GSK Consumer. Can you talk about how that earlier role shaped your understanding of the consumer and their healthcare preferences? And how does that earlier experience kind of inform your current job? Yeah, sure. So at Unilever, I had the uh, the honor of working across laundry, household care, and personal care. So really a wide breadth of consumer understanding, everything from beauty to hygiene, from how you help women and men derive confidence from how they look, uh, through to the peace of mind from effective germ kill to ensure a healthy home for you and your loved ones. And I guess my time at Unilever taught me the importance of understanding the person behind the situation what their needs are, and that when you really understand that, you're in a better place to serve those needs. And people are people, it doesn't matter whether they're buying a laundry detergent or a deodorant, uh, that need to dig deeper and the opportunity to understand the person behind their condition, their health issue, I think is even more critical in healthcare. Nothing matters more than our health, as we've seen over the last couple of years. And people want to know that the products that they buy will work, that our trusted science delivers behind those great brands that you called out. But they also want the support and guidance that's relevant to them on their own unique health journey. So my experience tells me that we can do so much more than provide them with an amazing therapeutic product if we properly understand their needs and that when you serve those needs, you grow. Sure, sure. Absolutely. No, nothing has come into sharper focus over the last couple of years than our health, hasn't it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about on MM&M how physicians were transformed by the pandemic. In what ways have healthcare consumers changed? And uh, tell us about why you decided now is the time to shift GSK consumers marketing focus. Of course. So, you know, we think everyday health matters. It could not be more personal or matter more to individuals. We identified this gap between the sort of clinical offering, think about standing in front of a shelf, medicine shelf, and trying to figure out what's best for you, and the need for actually understanding and care that people have when they're not feeling well. And then, of course, the pandemic uh, really hit and put health into such a sharp focus, as you say. 
Um, and what we saw, we did a, a study back in July 2020 uh, with Ipsos across uh, across Europe, um, but we've seen it across the world uh, in, in all the markets. But we really have seen a shift on people's behaviour and their attitudes to self-care. And, uh, and the, some of the key findings, which in this particular study, we surveyed 4,400 people uh, between 16 and 75. And we saw this very big shift to self-care. Um, Europeans want to adopt new everyday health habits. So 65% of people across four countries are now more likely to consider their health in day-to-day -day decision making. A significant proportion are trying to take precautions to avoid uh, um, transmission. So things like hand washing. So we're up in the 80s for Spain and Italy, uh, Germany 60%. But the vast majority of people now consider it to be really important to take their health into their own hands uh, to relieve pressure on healthcare systems, but also to sort of own uh, and they and they realise that by taking better care of themselves, that they are you know going to be be healthier. I think the term underlying health conditions was something that you, know, you didn't hear people saying before. Now they do, and we really saw that um, three quarters of people care more about the health of their loved ones than they did before the pandemic, and that buying trusted brands is really important in all the countries that we surveyed. And 80%, 82% of respondents said that the products that they buy must be scientifically proven. So science is in our heritage, a deep understanding of the conditions and the best evidence that supports the solution. It, it's in our DNA, but it has no value if we don't have a deep understanding of their health needs and how going beyond the science can help them to achieve their goal. The Forrester Brand Humanity Index uh, shows that people are 1.6 times more likely to buy 1.8 times more likely to recommend and 2.1 times more likely to love brands that they perceive to be acting with humanity. So we know that we can do a whole load more if we understand the person behind the condition and just how our brands can serve those needs. So our focus for our brands is to deliver better everyday health with humanity. Before the pandemic, we knew that, that this mattered, but then, but now we can see that it is so significant and it's a real call to action for us across the business. We're in touching distance of a world of human-centred, data-driven and personalised everyday health. And brands like ours have got a responsibility to deliver quality products, but also to help people feel safe as healthcare is becoming increasingly tech-enabled uh, and confusing for some. So an exciting promise with huge potential that we can deliver with humanity. And I'll give you just one example on one of those great brands you mentioned. So uh, on Voltar, and so back in March 2020, as we were sort of heading much more tightly into lockdown, uh, Voltaren is all about the joy of movement and actually how when you're in pain, Sitting still is actually not the best thing for you often, unless, you're, unless your doctor's told you you really can't move. But moving absolutely helps with pain relief. So we we created the Voltar and Healthy Workout, which gives people the joy of movement when the gym was closed and the office uh, workstation is perhaps not as ergonomic at home as it, as it was in the office. So it's an individualised online training programme. And, uh, and we saw in, in the first eight weeks, 1.4 million visitors come to the website, 1.1 million exercises were done, and we've seen a sort of 30% user return for additional exercises. So really, you know, driving that, uh, that humanity mission um, during the times of, uh, of lockdown. Sure, that's a great example. And, you know, humanity was an idea, a pre-existing idea, you know, where in, in marketing it, it held about, you know, the importance of considering the person behind the consumer. And, you know, as you mentioned with, with GSK's uh, heritage in science, uh, you took up the charge of you know, adapting that format, you know, for, for your brands. You know, talk about how, 
you would describe the current state of uh, consumer healthcare in terms of customer experience and, and meeting their needs, you know, how wide is that gap between what they want and what uh, brands are providing? Yeah, sure. So the gap is wide. 80% of uh, Europeans stated recently that it was their responsibility to manage their own health and were willing to do so. But only two out of 10 feel confident enough to do that. And the WHO also shares that, you know, nearly half of the adult population, 40% of the adult population in the world possesses an adequate or sufficient level of health literacy. Uh, at a virtual roundtable that GSK held with global pharmacists, policy and patient representatives in June 2021, it became really clear that patients want to be an equal partner at the table of managing their own health and no longer passive consumers of information. And we know that expert knowledge is no longer niche. So it's a really, it's a really important, um, the role that the pharmacist can play. And most people, if you think about um, through the COVID times, the most accessible expert was really the pharmacist. Uh, it was really hard to get doctor's appointments. You had to go to sort of online uh, telemedicine, but the pharmacist was still there and they stood up during these times to help their communities. But we saw people becoming health experts in 2021 and virologists and physicians went from experts for niche audiences to kind of permanent guests in TV shows and magazines. And people are really becoming increasingly reliant on these healthcare professionals to be a trustworthy source of, of self-care guidance. But we believe that we can make a difference in everyday health by going from a company that just sells traditional products to a company that serves people through our brands with solutions and services. And that's why we call it uh, building brands with humanity. Can you kind of broaden that out to JSK consumers, you know, broader portfolio um, and, and how you know, you're changing the, the marketing approach with humanity in mind? And maybe if there's any other uh, of those uh, examples where you can give us that where you're shifting from a clinically focused approach to more you know, where you're embracing those personalized approaches. Of course. So um, I said earlier, we're in touching distance of this world of human-centered, data-driven, personalized health. But tech can feel quite cold and, and distant. And, and we have rich data that helps us really make sure we're providing relevant content. So we we build um, audience data with our media agencies so that we're responding with the right content at the right time when consumers need it. So one example would be when people search for pain relief. So the search inquiry is usually pretty specific. It's around head pain or neck pain or back pain. And then we make sure that we serve up content that talks to the particular search you've made. So you don't then have to click again and go deeper into a, into a site for, for, for guidance. So if you've got a headache, we respond with uh, images around that show um, how uh, how you know where where the pain is located and how you can best alleviate that pain and come up with some ideas and solutions for you. I think a, a lovely one actually is the team in Australia again in the pain relief category with Panadol, um, working with new mums. New mums are often in the middle of the night holding a baby. They're they're not hands free. They can't go on and do a Google search and they're really worried about a temperature or their their baby's teething. So we made sure that all of our search was voice activated and voice based so that you could, you know, ask your Alexa, you know, what what your what your worry was, you're worried about teething pain. And then you get uh, a response that's also delivered to you in a familiar way with voice. Uh, so they haven't got to type into Google and then they can have that conversation. So I think that's an example of how we're trying to really bring personalized information in a really human way but it doesn't have to be individual uh, and sometimes you know we can get quite carried away as marketers about 
having deep data and one-to-one one marketing. Having really aligned values is also deeply personal. And we try and focus on areas that matter to people and to the brand. And by putting our brand's purpose into action, we're not just talking about issues, but taking active uh, steps to help. So I'd love to talk to you in a, a about an example where we've done some show, not just tell, uh, working in the, in the space of pollution. So Otrevin uh, is a brand that's purpose is all about better breathing. And for years, Otrevin's been unblocking congested noses, uh, a really uh, common annoyance that you have when you have a cold, uh, sometimes allergies. And by elevating our purpose to help people breathe better, so not just saying we're the congestion brand, but actually saying, no, no, we are here to try and help people breathe better. We've unlocked a powerful um, space that really helps and really matters in life, in, in our consumers' lives. So now talking about how we've taken that into action, there is a monstrous issue of air pollution. Um, and you see it most uh, in, in the lives um, of folks uh, for health for years to come with our children. So we're turning this purpose of better, uh, being able to breathe better into a partnership and positive action. And we've done a, a Purify the Playground initiative. Now, this uses really powerful data from the Clean Breathing Institute, uh, where we understand that 93% of the world's children are forced to play in spaces with illegal levels of air pollution. So what we did is we partnered with uh, the Ecological Studio. It's a London-based um, European biotech and architecture company. And we built a playground. And this playground actively purifies the air the more children play in it. So it's called the air bubble. It integrates 52 cylinders of algae into the playground design, which through photosynthesis filtrates the pollution pollutants out of the air in the air and releases oxygen. And this air purification is powered by the kids themselves. So as they use all the play items in the playground, their activity within the bubble helps circulate the air through the algae. The more they play, the better it cleans. And the playground is open for the public for four months. Now, in promoting this idea, we created a film um, that really narrates the uh, the words of a nine-year-old. Um, and I'm going to pronounce her name really badly because I'm not very, you know, English speaker, I'm not great here, but her name's Likpriya um, Kanjga. And uh, she's a youth climate change activist and influencer from India, um, who is addressing the world leaders actually at COP26. And uh, the power of play is creating cleaner air. And when pollution is a big global problem, and we brought this solution to life in Poland, it's a great example of how a brand can really shine a light on making a difference for humanity, bringing science, technology, and creativity together. It's really also a nice example of, of an innovation, um, which we're seeing more marketers get, you know, have a hand in. And you, you said you brought that to life uh, in, in the UK as well as in Poland. Can we see you know, this approach reflected in any, any US campaigns or are you bringing the stateside? So, that, so the Ochovin brand isn't in, in the USA. So we, we try to activate the brands you know, where, we have, uh, where we have a really strong business. But I think you know, these, are, these are global stories to be told. So you know, we will, we, through the power of earned media, we will be bringing these stories to, to other markets in the world. Okay, that's terrific. Um, I'm, I'm interested in delving a little bit more into technology. You know, you mentioned how uh, you're making sure uh, that voice-enabled technology is integrated into uh, your initiatives. How else uh, can technology help you get to the human behind the consumer? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, every industry is being disrupted by tech, uh, and in many cases, it's hugely enabling. 
but it can be a bit devoid of care, uh, particularly if you're delivering sort of life-changing news, um, or it can lead to confusion or a false sense of security. So building humanity and uh, really good, strong evidence-based information into everyday health uh, takes a human touch. So we've used um, tech, uh, you know, in, in many in many facets. Whether it's predicting cold and flu and helping people understand that cold and flu might be in their area, we've used that for um, helping with supply chain. So we see we have a number of um, leading edge indicators that we track that helps us understand when that might be spiking. We've also used tech to help us understand uh, the consumer. So we have a, a CBIA organisation, which is our consumer business insights analytics team, and they created. COVID watch, which actually was award winning uh, in the research industry. So during the pandemic, obviously, it was critical for us to understand the impact of that of COVID at a human level um, and not just a, a consumer level. Uh, we launched an ethno ethnography study using video technology and we, we um, filmed 30 families across the UK, France, Germany, US, China and Russia at the very start of the pandemic and we still continue today. We complemented this with video interviews on a regular basis and it really helped us understand at a, a real and human level the, the point, even being able to see facial expressions, the impact that COVID was having on, on lives, on their attitudes, what their needs were, their aspirations and fears for themselves but also for their families. And this really unlocked for us the ability to identify more opportunities for meaningful connections and more innovation opportunities to help serve in, in our communications uh, and as I said, in, in innovation. And this work um, achieved the winner of the International Research Award from the Market Research Society. So using technology to kind of still engage with consumers during uh, the COVID times when we couldn't do the classic consumer groups. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as, as you pointed out, you can't really serve the person behind the consumer unless you understand them. So a uh, nice example of uh, how you're continuing to, to gather insights there. Moving off of the technology for a moment, one of, one of the other goals of uh, Brands with Humanity is to be more culturally resonant. Uh, and there's also a, a CSG component as well. I was wondering if you could elaborate on those two points. Yeah, so look, to truly engage, you've got to be relevant. And, and to be relevant, you need to reflect an individual's world, and that includes their culture. And I think a great example is the work we've done with Sensodyne. So Sensodyne is a therapeutic toothpaste that helps people who suffer from sensitivity. And uh, and we recognise that, you know, whilst the dentist recommendations is incredibly strong, um, we weren't really connecting with people in their lives. And uh, so we created a new campaign, which is life is too short for sensitivity. Um, we started with really deep human understanding. And what we saw was that people were avoiding um, real joys in life um, and you lose your carefree enjoyment of eating and drinking uh, when you're trying to stop, you know, those that really painful triggering of, uh, of your sensitive teeth. So we didn't want people missing out on the essential joys of, of life. Um, so we dug into the audience to see their interests and what, what was happening. Um, so just so you know, give you a sense, about 30% of the world suffer from tooth sensitivity. And uh, and we know the, the barriers um, uh, of, of using a, a therapeutic toothpaste are also very consistent. So people think that their discomfort just isn't sufficient enough to, to buy a therapeutic toothpaste and switch from what they're currently using. So we see all sorts of coping methods. So whether people eat on one side of their mouth, whether they use a straw so that cold, you know, chilled, icy drinks don't don't touch the areas of sensitivity. 
Um, and then dentists and uh, and dentist recommendations are also really consistent. Um, but if a dentist is diagnosing it, it must be a serious condition and, and they're not sure that they have such a serious condition. So what we know is that uh, while sensitivity is everywhere in the world, the trigger foods are really different. So for China, it might be bubble tea. For Brits, it might be a, an extra chilled pint. In India, sweet foods, a lot of sweet foods really provoke that sensitivity. And, and in Latin America, it might be about sour foods. So you really have to make sure that you don't just shoot some vanilla global kind of piece of content. You have to reflect uh, Chinese New Year or Ramadan or tailgating events in the USA. And by showing um, these much more culturally sensitive uh, situations, uh, we have found a much more powerful response. So we created a huge arsenal of assets, so over 500 assets, to, so that we could deliver against these different food and cultural moments uh, and different um, calendar events throughout the year, whether it's Diwali and Ramadan. And then we also made sure that we had um, uh, we, we shoot real dentists because we ask them for their genuine testimonial. So again, making sure that you're seeing somebody who looks like you, telling you about their understanding of their patients and their and their recommendation, and then having dynamic content. Um, so making sure that we deliver the right message to the right consumer at the right time. Um, and uh, and that's been incredibly powerful for us. So I think in the second part of your question, uh, you asked about CSG, and uh, and obviously this is really important. We know that uh, people are expect more from the brands that they interact with. They want to see their values reflected. Um, so we work with Edelman, and the, the Edelman Trust Barometer has been running for a, a number of years now. Um, but the latest research has shared that people really expect business to step in, to step in and solve today's challenges. Uh, there's a real heightened expectation around CEOs um, and that CEOs could step in. So 68% of people think CEOs should be stepping in when governments don't address societal problems. And 53% believe that when news media is absent, corporations have a responsibility to fill that information void with reliable, trustworthy information that goes out to employees and by extension to the community. So we're focused on very practical ways um, to help when it comes to things like clean water, healthy food, access to healthcare, and an inclusive environment. Um, and we really believe that it's about representing everyone on the planet um, and really embracing uh, diversity, not stereotyping in our communications, and that diversity, equity, and inclusion is at the very heart of building brands with humanity. So I'm going to just give you a couple of examples. So taking a stand, so making sure that we have inclusive communications. So that Sensodyne campaign I talked about, which uh, um, if you can imagine showing people biting into a frozen uh, ice pop um, and that would send shivers down many people's spine. We took that campaign uh, and, and uh, executed it um, within the gay community, creating a, a fantastically vibrant campaign that really resonated with the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, we also um, sadly receive you know, racist comments about our advertising. Um, so we had a black model promoting Sensodyne and we got some comments and we actually decided that we we were going to uh, run the ad deliberately for longer than we'd initially planned because we really believe in embracing uh, all facets of diversity. Um, great examples in sustainability. You know, you can't have healthy people if we don't have a healthy planet. So we've set ourselves some ambitious new sustainability goals to have a net zero impact on climate and a net positive impact on nature by 2030. We're the first healthcare company to join the Pulpex partner consortium and uh, we're exploring a first of its kind pulp packaging solution. 
Um, we have a number of, uh, of uh, toothpaste tubes and we've make, we are making over a billion toothpaste tubes recyclable by 2025 as part of our ongoing sustainability journey. And then recently we launched uh, Dr. Best, uh, which is a brand in Germany, uh, Green Clean. So it's our first um, produced uh, climate neutral toothbrush. So it's made from renewable resources using an innovative biocomposite for the handle and uh, and and caster responsibility. So um, we really believe that brands um, like ours have a responsibility to deliver quality products and help people feel safe as healthcare becomes increasingly tech enabled which is a hugely exciting space to make sure we're delivering our brands with humanity. Yeah, and it sounds like sustainability, um, inclusivity, and making sure that the um, sort of impersonal aspects of tech do not overshadow the humanity that you're going for are all going to be a uh, top priority for you in the next few years. Uh, can you just kind of uh, riff for a couple of moments about what's next for the Brands for Humanity uh, initiative? Yes, yeah, so each one of our brands, uh, we have something called a brand heart, which is a sort of the blueprint for anyone who wants to work on a brand. It really gives you guidance around what does the brand stand for? Uh, what are its values? How does it come to life? So each of our brands, we're now making sure that you know, in healthcare, obviously every brand sets out with a pretty purposeful agenda because it is about helping people to get better and to recover. So we're just going back to all of our brand hearts and thinking about how can we bring each brand's purpose to life in, a, in an even more powerful way? How does everything that we do shine a light on, on that purposeful intent? So that by the end of 2022, you know, on every single one of our really big brands, we have uh, taken action and, uh, and really helped, us, helped uh, to support the consumer on their healthcare journey. Um, so I think you'll be seeing even more ex you know, great examples from the uh, GSK portfolio of brands. And then as we create our new company, and uh, we obviously right in the middle of dreaming up um, the new company name so that when we're ready for spin, uh, we'll be making sure that those brands continue to be supported uh, with our very strong purpose around building brands with humanity. We look forward to uh, hearing that new name. Uh, you, you mean for the company itself? Yes. Yes, because we can't. We'll no longer be GSK. We'll have a we'll have a new name. Oh, good point. Right, right. Okay, we look forward to hearing that. Okay, and uh, finally, I do like to ask people um, how they handle stress. Uh, and, and given that you're in the healthcare space, you know, constantly thinking about how to serve consumers better, um, I, I can think of no one better to answer that question. So, uh, how do you handle it? Yeah, great question. And and look, we've seen, we have seen, and we read daily about sort of increased pressures on people through this uh, pandemic, and mental health being a, a genuinely worrying trend that's building. So look, I think um, so personally, how I deal with this, I think I've always uh, tried to think about how can how can I just take the next step? You know, many of the things that we face today, they're huge problems. And um, somebody once said, you can't digest an elephant. So you have to think about how you're going to break things down into smaller pieces. So I try to think about, you know, what is the first step that I can take that will enable me to then start having some sense of progress and real progress towards that bigger goal? Um, so every morning when, when I get up, um, I uh, take a big drink of water. Uh, if I can, I get outside and, and take a walk. Um, I got we have, we have dogs, so that's always a great excuse for getting outside and having a walk. And I really think about what is my one big thing that I want to do today. And that combination of oxygen and water for the brain, as well as walking. Walking is the 
best way to think. There's something about letting go of your conscious brain because you're in movement that actually helps you generate ideas. So I really think about what is my big thing for the day. And that really helps me helps me to focus. And I think it brings a real sense of well-being. And when I can, I really try and exercise because for me, being physical and moving really makes a difference to uh, to how I feel. Wonderful. Yes. You know, uh, movements helps a lot of things, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> As does water. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to call it there. I want to thank you, Tamara, for joining us. A complete pleasure. It's been wonderful to talk to you today. Absolutely. Likewise. Uh, that was Tamara Rogers, GSK Consumer Healthcare for now, uh, Global Chief Marketing Officer. Uh, if you like this episode as much as I did, please give it a thumbs up. Even better, subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice and help others discover the show. The MMNM Podcast is produced by Deborah Stahl, Bradley Weems, and Gordon Thaler. We're out every week. Thanks for joining us. Take care, everybody.